0: And this is the podcast, Go Be Great. There's no such thing as TMI here. So let's chat, meet amazing humans, and have conversations about life, confidence, and more without the filter. Come hang weekly as I shed light on the topics we often feel we need to hide as we celebrate the ebbs and flows of learning what being great really looks like. Buckle up, buttercups, and let's go be great together. This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. I am so grateful for everybody's understanding of last week. I did not have the capacity to record an episode. And like I said, if you caught my Insta stories, great. I'm so sorry. You have to listen to this again. If you didn't, then here it is. But I do not like to bank episodes unless I have like a guest who has a specific um, topic and time frame. I don't particularly like banking episodes because... I don't like topics that feel kind of forced. I feel like it's, it's either something I'm experiencing and navigating in real life or something that I do feel very passionate about um, and inspired by or I'm, I'm inspired by someone else's story that I've heard and I want to highlight their struggle and like ways that like I would help them navigate if I knew them in real I don't know. I don't know. But point of story is that I I like to do it in the now. So I couldn't do it and I could have forced it. I could have forced it and talked about something and not felt good about what I was putting out into the world or I could have just said no and you know sometimes you just got to eat it and this is just the perfect segue into this week's episode because we are going to be talking about self-compassion and why it's so damn hard for us and how we can kind of reframe a bit but first you know the deal you know the deal let's do a vibe check (laughs) how we doing no seriously how the fuck are you um oh me I'm burned out (laughs) I don't want to frivolously use that word but I I I don't know I'm not burned out I'm gonna actually retract that because to me burnout is physiological mentally emotionally um all the things and I'm not quite there yet I think I'm just over it (laughs) I'm over it I'm over the bullshit my sister called me out because she's like you realize that the past few years, every year you get online and say it's your hardest year ever in teaching. But here's the thing. um, It's like you're, you swap your hard sometimes, right? Like last year, my hard was being a primary maternal role in a lot of the kids' lives and all the trauma that came with that. And this year, it's just a lot like behaviorally. I have seen a trend since post-COVID that kids specifically – Uh, don't have the capacity or patience or empathy that they used to. Uh, when I first started, I feel like I, I saw, even though I still had like tough kids, of course there was like one or two, it's like a pivot where, um, it's the majority instead of the the just few kids sprinkled in every class, it's the majority of, of every class and the sprinklings are of the kids who like get it and have a lot of empathy and want to work hard and have a stamina for learning and a stamina for challenge and it's just harder and harder to come by and I was speaking about this with a few of my friends um, because last week was a really hard week. Like I'm a human too, right? So my capacity for navigating kids that are struggling with that when it's at the magnitude of like, 50 kids a day is a lot um and i'm thinking i was i was like you know what like our parents raised us and like you know i acted a certain way in school or i just understood respect and empathy a lot more or i just like didn't pay any I'm no, granted this might have been my own self-conscious intimidation but like if i saw kids acting out like i just knew like that's not what i want to do instead of chiming in and there's just a lot of kids getting raised by really burned out parents and you know let this be a reminder if you are a parent that you sometimes question yourself my friend sarah put this on her sarah's gonna be on the podcast soon don't you worry um she posted about this before that like good parents don't worry about if they're good parents and i think that that's so true and you're doing enough and you know it's just just a lot it takes a village right so being present and doing the best you can is all you can do in any regard, in any role that you play. So besides that, what have I been watching? Uh, Love is Blind this season. I know I skipped over it last time because it was a more intense episode, but Love is Blind this season. Listen, I, I'm i not going to give any spoilers. Don't worry. I was kind of disappointed about it, and it was kind of like wacky to me. It was like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs a little bit, but I still watched it, and I still... I have to fight the urge every time to, like, either Google it or check social media. Although their social medias are kind of, like, locked down until the finale, right? But either way. Uh, Love is Blind. I really got into American Horror Story. I, I was over, because I wanted, I was curious about Kim Kardashian, right? And I'm not going to lie. I was pretty impressed. I am pretty impressed by her acting in this show. Um, I, I just got bored, like what okay what's gonna happen now we get it also super triggering for a lot of individuals who have struggled with uh, miscarriages and pregnancy loss and all the things like it's it's very triggering but I kind of got over it but now I need to know what happens at the end right so alas here we are um that's all I got let's get into it shall we I don't have any cool transitions because Melon's not gonna end this episode so let's just dive in I recently put up a question box of things that people are struggling with. Self-compassion, maybe not in that language, but just like people being really hard on themselves was very much a trend. There was over at least 20 responses of people feeling like they weren't doing enough. So self-compassion and why it's so hard for us felt like the right topic to bring you when I also had the capacity to bring it to you. See what I'm saying? So according to Wikipedia... (laughs) The definition of self-compassion is self-compassion is the is extending compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. Kristen Neff has defined self-compassion as being composed of three main elements: self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. I'm going to say that one more time because this is the trifecta of self-compassion. Self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. Let's dive the fucking. Grab your snorkels, you beautiful ass bitch. That was aggressive, and I'm sorry. <laughs> so I want to dive into these three pillars because I was, I was reading up on it, and I because I felt like my language around self compassion was very much the same. I kind of really focus on that self kindness part of it. However, there there's layers to this, as there is everything. Um, and when we are having a kinder approach to ourselves and how we navigate life, you begin to like really embrace and enrich your life in so many different ways. So let's talk about self-kindness first. Self-kindness is in the contrast of the self-critical approach that we're very familiar with. Like raise your hand if you've ever been self-critical of yourself. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Um, We're very quick as humans to turn criticism inwards and we blame ourselves for not being good enough or we form negative thoughts in our inability to cope with things or to tackle life's challenges. And then those challenges end up feeling like a mountain. And, you know, we we, we lose ourselves in comforting ourselves when we're when we feel that way. But we're so quick to comfort and give that kindness to others when they're going through hard times. So we're going to unpack later why that's so hard for us to show ourselves that same kindness. Now, common humanity involves recognizing that imperfection is a trait that is shared by all of us. I'm gonna share the article for this that I was looking at. Um, It's nestlabs.com. But I feel like it does a really good job of giving language to how people might be feeling, myself included. Because I knew what I wanted to say, but like how I want to say it, this I summarizing this really sparked a lot of light bulbs popping off. it It looked like a Christmas tree in my brain as I was reading through um, a lot of this information. So common humanity involves us recognizing that imperfection is a trait shared by all of us, essentially meaning we're not alone in the mistakes that we make. We're all going to struggle at some point in our lives. And rather than thinking that our failures are something that we need to live in shame and guilt or think that we are less than and make us unworthy and we isolate from others, um, self-compassion in this pillar of common humanity kind of encourages us to foster a sense of universal belonging and community and like, you know what, I'm not alone in this. And I think that there is such comfort and compassion in that thinking, um, in the common humanity standpoint of it all, all, whoa. And then the final pillar is mindfulness, meaning that you are measuring your response to difficulty or distress. And if you experience an uncomfortable emotion, a mindful approach entails striking a balance between ruminating on the distress, meaning like letting letting it just fester and, and stifling your feelings, pushing how you feel away in order to not deal with it. Right. So being very mindful of how you're feeling and why you're feeling the way you are. Um, I imagine this to match emotional intelligence, emotional regulation, self-awareness. Why are you feeling the way that you're feeling and know that those feelings are valid and a way that you can let them flow? Because the more that you stifle your feelings and the things going on and you ignore your mind and your body's cues to how you're feeling, the worse you're going to feel physiologically and mentally and ultimately. It makes it even harder to give yourself that same compassion and common humanity when you are not mindfully aware of what's going on in your life. Here's why I like mindfulness, because I think we hear mindfulness a lot in terms of self care. And I know that when I first um, before I started doing this work of self exploration and personal development, I would hear mindfulness and think meditation. And yes, there is such power in meditation. And mindfulness can also just be a way that you remove yourself from being in the thick of it, because when you are identifying with your issues and what's bothering you and, you know, maybe your mistakes so heavily, mindfulness kind of gives you an opportunity to step out of yourself a bit and observe from a different perspective instead of overanalyzing and being overly critical and um, over identifying, overthinking when you're mindful and you're able to take a breath. And when you can't control anything else in life, you can control your breath, right? So controlling your breath and having a mindful moment outside of yourself to really observe and practice using those times as practice to be like, hey, let me look at this from an outside point of view. Um, Mindful meditation is great for this and journaling is really great for this if you can mentally step outside of yourself and look at yourself through the lens of how you would look at somebody else you care about and then act and speak accordingly that has been such an integral part of showing self-compassion in my journey um that I just wish for everybody because I think we're so quick to do that we're so quick to tell everybody else it's okay right and that you're gonna get through this and let's take this one step at a time like I got you why you say that right back to yourself? This is why I love like, you know, love songs, for example, or like really good songs that are usually about a significant other or a partner. Start singing those back to yourself. That's such a good way if you're not sure where to start when it comes to talking nicer to yourself. That is such an easy way to like when you're driving home putting on music and being like, you know what, I'm going to sing these lyrics back to myself and be really mindful about that. That's a really good way to start when it feels like it's too hard to be able to stop yourself in the moment and observe your life experiences. Starting it there kind of helps just change that mindset flip um, to an observatory one, and it really does wonders. Now, these this is where it's, we start to teeter a bit because Self-compassion can be a beautiful way for you to build resiliency and self-confidence and you know work through things that you're struggling, lower your anxieties, um, and just assure you that you can handle whatever is coming your way and that you will find success. So it can do that. It can also become something that you are diving into your self-indulgences and giving an excuse for how you have just thought about the past and you know, in enabling poor habits and poor mindsets. And it can also do that. So here, let's talk about why this is so hard because that's hard to, to differentiate with, right? Now, some people really do think that there is a fear that self-compassion will lead them to become lazy, self-indulgent, self-absorbed, undisciplined, or feel really out of control. And when you're doing self-compassion correctly, it does the opposite. Um, a lot of people believe that self-kindness or kindness in general is a sign of weakness so that there's like no time to be kind. We need to, we've grown up in such a society where we need to be done and it needs to get done fast. You need to achieve your goals and you need to do all of the things. And if you're not, then you're less than. Or if you're not doing things and achieving things in a certain time frame, that you're failing. And if you just talk to yourself a little harder and give yourself some quote-unquote tough love, that's not what tough love is, um, that you can almost hate yourself into success. And you cannot get self-love from self-hate. You will never be able to hate yourself healthy or or hate yourself into self-love because that's not what that looks like. And I think that we have just really been growing up in this structured society where that those are our beliefs culturally speaking there's a lot of cultures in the world where if you're just harder on yourself or your loved ones are harder on you they're gonna push you and that's gonna be motivating and inspiring and that's just not the case at all you're gonna find way more success looking at yourself intrinsically and finding that compassion in those three pillars in reaching Success will become a lot more natural and you'll feel a lot happier while you're doing it. You're going to embrace the journey more because it's not about who can get there faster. It's it's getting there from a place of enjoyment of the journey because most oftentimes, yes, the achievements are great, but it's what you learn along the way that and how you navigate all that hard stuff that really makes the journey worthwhile. Now. no take a second because sometimes this might be a little hard to hear, but if you were dismissed or ignored when you were growing up, um, you might have trouble recognizing your own emotional needs because if you grew up in a household where your emotional needs weren't being met or they were dismissed or you were watching adults in your household dismissing their own feelings um, in order to make other people happy or in order to just keep going or, you know, we I can't talk to you about that right now because I need to get X, Y, and Z done. If you were growing up in a household where those things weren't as important as the rest of the external structures of life, then you also might be really quick to dismiss how you're feeling. And you can't practice mindfulness if it's never been modeled for you. You can't practice self-compassion and self-kindness or the common humanity, all those pillars. You can't practice that yourself if it's never been modeled for you in the home. And generationally speaking, we come upon this over and over and over again because we have generation, generations of trauma, generations of people who are, you know, struggling and burnt out and we just need to keep going, like forget how we feel, forget what's happening to us. We just need to keep going in spite of. So giving yourself permission to stop and reflect feels irresponsible in some some ways and it feels like it's a waste of time, but ultimately that's the time that matters most. And self-criticism is a lot easier to do when you're foot when you're living your life in fast forward, or self-criticism and self-pity are a lot quicker to appear in your life when you are just sitting with low self-esteem and the constant need to go forward. You are stuck in the past, which is also harmful, and you can't seem to really just get your head above water. Where that self-criticism feels a lot more accessible than self-compassion. Sorry, I had trouble finding that word and then Bruno distracted me. (laughs) And all of that is really hard to catch yourself doing. It's no easy feat to be able to kind of sit with or um, take a step back from the hard. However, I will say self-compassion can allow you to acknowledge those mistakes that you're making and then help you avoid them in the future. When you are overly critical of yourself, you're more likely to repeat the past. And then, you know, oh my gosh, I did that again. I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that again. And like that, that narrative that plays in your head, I'm never going to learn. This is just the way I am. None of that type of language is going to lead to growth or is going to lead to you speaking kindly to yourself or showing yourself the same kindness and empathy that you so freely give everybody else. So what's that? How do we know? That we are too self-critical? Oh, I'm so happy you asked. Here is the list of 10 things that you might want to look at. I'm not saying this is the holy grail of answers, but these are the things that I have found along like diving into this a little bit more. Um, if you feel like you're a perfectionist. Those don't exist. You automatically set yourself up for failure and criticism when you are living in a world of perfectionism. Um, number two, you are terrified of faili- failing. Now, there's a healthy dose of fear of failing like that. That, oh, shit, like it it makes it, it makes me want to try and I'm going to fail forward and I'm going to learn from it and it's going to be fine. There's what there's that. But if it's a fear based failure, then that's something you might want to unpack. You're overly responsible. Oof guilty. I will like to take on all the things and then feel like I need to be responsible for it all and then wonder why it's crumbling down. Maybe because you said yes so many times. Um you crave control. When you are craving control and you feel like all of these are kind of like stacked up on top of each other, right? Cuz if you crave control, then you're probably a perfectionist because you want everything done the way you want it done, but you cannot take on all of that responsibility and you're terrified of failure, so you're putting so much pressure on yourself, like, this is why it's so hard to take a beat, because when you feel like, oh, but I have to do this, I have to get these things done, yeah, you do, but there's always going to be a to-do list in life, I've said that on here so many times, um, What's the next one? Let's see. Your self-talk is mostly negative. You have low self-esteem. You're easily annoyed or frustrated with yourself. You feel undesirable and you're insecure. Because auto like naturally, if you feel like you need to take on the world, that's not humanly possible and that's not what humans are built to do. So if you feel like you're doing all of that, how could you possibly be comfortable in necessarily the thought of failure or... How can you possibly find confidence when you are putting the world on your shoulders and feeling like your success is only going to be when you tackle all of it? It's just not you're not you're not able to do that. You're setting yourself up for failure in that way and you're setting yourself up for self-hatred in that way too. Mentioned earlier about how you can teeter the line between self-compassion and self-indulgent or self-empathy and making excuses into um, habit stacking that has been detriment to you in the past. And the way that I have learned, I even forget where I learned this, but the way that I have been able to navigate that is, now granted, I've slipped up. Even recently, Also, when I'm super stressed and I'm feeling overwhelmed, I really have to be very intentional and take a step back outside of myself and be very mindful of why I'm making decisions that I'm making because so quick we're impulsive just to like get something done or just to you know I'm gonna pick something up that I know isn't gonna make me feel good but it's just it's like it's to numb the pain right Um, especially if you're a fellow emotional eater like I will grab something and I'm like what okay do I want this if so yes Is it because I'm trying to suppress something else that I'm feeling that I don't really feel comfortable acknowledging yet? And if that's the case, then it's like, okay, let's put this down and take a second. Um, And I know food is a beast in and of itself to try and navigate, but when we are trying to come up with strategies of how to tell the difference, this has very much helped If you are trying to practice self-compassion and you feel like you're going to go into um, self-indulgence, self-indulgence is typically a very immediate pleasure and self-compassion is more long-term. So it might not feel good right now to like tell yourself to sit down or to say no, right? But self-indulgent is going to be something that's going to make you just feel that instant boost of serotonin or that instant boost of, um, it's going to make you feel good in the moment. Long term, it's probably not going to be great for you, but right now it feels good. And self-compassion will be, you know what, this is going to feel good eventually, I just need to take a break or I just need to talk to myself like I would my best friend right now. I need to, you know, lead with a little bit more love and a little bit more tender heartedness when I'm speaking with myself and navigating this because it feels hard right now. And choosing that self-indulgent tactic, whatever it may be, may not be helpful in the long run. So asking yourself is this going to help me? Is this only helping me now or is this going to help me in the long run? Really does help. And sometimes listen, sometimes that, that that snack or that little glass of wine or whatever it is that you pick that indulgence does is going to be helpful. But if you feel like you need to check yourself, that's a good way to do it. Now, do not get that confused <laughs> with abandoning yourself and telling yourself no and like out of punishment um you know it's really tricky to kind of navigate this because for me it would be that way but it would be in an unhealthy way and learning how to say you know what I just need a glass of wine and unwind and that self and that's going to help me get a better night's sleep tonight that's going to help me just unplug and stop stimulating my brain when I just need to (laughs) disassociate for a minute um so it's you gotta you gotta find out what works for you I don't want to say something so that would be like triggering to somebody. But yeah, that's a good way to kind of ask yourself if I'm self-indulging or if I'm showing self-compassion. And go easy on yourself as you kind of learn it because our default settings are in the unhealthy and are in the self-indulgent and are in the lack of empathy and are in the our default settings are essentially in the short term, the immediate gratification. Self-compassion lives in the long term. If that makes sense. So go easy on yourself as you kind of, you're going to slip up trying to navigate it all. And that's part of life. I wanted to make this episode because I think that we see this a lot in our timelines. I say it a lot on my socials and in these episodes that, like, you know, be kind to yourself. Well, what does that look like? That looks like those three pillars. Are you needing self kindness? Are you needing, um, the common humanity that like, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Everyone makes these mistakes sometimes and you need to go easy on yourself. Like everyone's kind of in this, when you feel like everyone's in it together, it does give a sense of comfort. Or do you need to be mindful and take a step outside yourself and look at things through a different lens? So that's why it's so hard because we have years and years and generation after generation of Self compassion being weak and being unimportant when it is quite the opposite. And imagine a world where we all were a little bit more compassionate with ourselves and what that would look like for the common human race. But I hope that this episode has at least given you the tools and maybe the language, maybe some tips here and there on how to navigate next time when you are feeling really stressed. I feel like just from interacting with people on socials and in real life that there's a lot of burnout there's a lot of people feeling like they're not doing enough and self-compassion can really help you through those times so I hope that this has given you some perspective of how to do that and allowed yourself the space and capacity in your own life to receive it in a way that isn't blaming you because it's not your fault it's just how we have been raised and grown up and um You know, I feel like we're on the brink of change because people are talking more. Uh, That's going to be a whole other topic. But there is so much power in when you speak on how you're feeling and when you can put language or even not language, just I'm not feeling great about myself right now and I need to take a time out. Even that is showing yourself self-compassion with others. When you give yourself permission, the space to feel and to check out for a minute and not in an isolating way but just in a way that helps you come back to yourself and check back in with you you give others permission to do the same and I think that there's power in doing that and that's why I'm sitting here with this microphone right now because that's what the world needs so much more of when you are able to really vocalize how you're feeling and show yourself that same space you allow others to create that space within themselves and that takes a lot of courage to do um So if you are practicing it or even trying to become more aware of it, then you're already doing the work. And that's the important work because that work of checking back in with you when you've spent your whole life checking in on everybody else will lead to a happier way of being and you'll show up differently in the world both for yourself and for others. And there's so much joy in that. And there's so much enrichment that you can live in life. But if you're just constantly being overly critical of yourself, which leads to being overly critical of others, you're robbing yourself of so much joy and so much life. So I hope that this has helped you because you deserve it. Yep, you do. And when that to-do list feels like it's a mountain high and when you feel like you're not doing enough, you're doing just enough. And I hope that you take that those moments to check back in with you because that's also being great so on that note please download this episode let me know what you think um if this podcast is important to you downloading the episodes is so helpful giving rating and ratings and reviews is so helpful my dms are always open to you don't forget to shake your ass and go be great